Welcome to another Alchemist podcast, which is an extension of my blog, Alchemist in the Making. So before we start, happy Valentine's Day or post Valentine's Day for those who would be listening to this by now. (laughs) Today, I am joined by Nicole White, who is one of my good classmates who I've known in architecture school since first year. Mm -hmm. So Go way back, Kim. Yep, we go way back (laughs) and we have a lot of things in common, which is why I have her on for today. So before we start, Nicole, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Nicole White. So yeah, I went to uni with Kim and I've just recently graduated last year. So about in the big wide world now. Yeah, big Very exciting. (laughs) A lot of experiences. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I have you on today is because both of us have a fair share amount of interest in like romantic cliches Mm -hmm. and perhaps our favourite trash TV, The Bachelor series. Love The Bachelor. Yep, so earlier on we were just talking about how there could be a podcast dedicated just to it. Just dedicated to The Bachelor. <sighs> I mean, there's a lot that we need to okay, talk about. Okay, working with you. We'll get back there. We'll get there one day. If not, we'll just make another episode dedicated to it. Absolutely. Speaking of Valentine's Day, so we were looking, before we started this, we were looking at a few of our like favourite Valentine's Day greetings that we see on like Arc Daily. And I think in the past we've always seen other really terrible cheesy greeting cards with architects on it so I guess we'll just talk about some of our favorite ones so for example I think the one you liked before was it here scrolling up and just trying to find it yeah I think anything that brings what you work on every day to life in (laughs) a cute way is very like you know gets you down deep sort of thing have you ever tried to celebrate valentine's day in an architecture firm before because i've no. never seen it but i would love to know what no it's like. yeah very interesting i only work in a small office now but yeah even yeah i'm not sure just cheesy pickup lines i know so like the ones which we'll link in the cards later or then the notes was for example we've got this where it's a glass and a window frame that says mm-hmm. we go together like glass and steel which is pretty cute you yeah have to admit and then I think some of my favorite ones is perhaps yeah, oh, yeah I love you that like one. this one where it features it's the blocks the coming together. It says you complete me. Yeah, that's, that's a two nice parts. One. Very cute. It's not too cheesy, but it's mm, just good right. tectonics. It is good. And then the other one that I think it's kind of funny. Let me be frank. I like you, Gary, much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find that there is an irony there because Frank Gary. <laughs> Hasn't portrayed himself as the most likable person lately, but in this sense, I guess it works. Mm -hmm. I'd like to know if there's anybody who really, really likes Frank Gehry's personality, Mm -hmm. or I'd love to meet somebody who knows the true side of Frank Gehry. True. Well, I think there's a lot of content you can watch online that sort of show the many faces of Frank Gehry. That's true. Mm. I think he also ran, like, an architecture course online, which I'd love Mm -hmm. to have a look at. The masterclasses. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But there'd be a lot of pressure, I think, like, just to listen to and talk and thinking, do you think I can live up to that expectation. I'd love to know if they're really um, specialised and whether it's marketed at an architect or it's like Mm. it's made more accessible for everyone so is it not really 
yeah. the content you'd be interested in. Yeah, um, I think that would be in another discussion. But a lot of my friends and I, we talk about how like our relationship with renovation shows and home renovation mm-hmm. shows, as informative as they are, sometimes it makes us feel like, does that mean our work has been disregarded? Mm, well, maybe bringing it back to the Valentine's Day theme, yeah. it does romanticise, uh, you way. know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Design and construction and make it look like this great thing that happens in 90 minutes rather than the reality. Yeah, and I think uh, it gets romanticised a lot, for example, in Archetizer's Wine. Mm-hmm. We're going through really cheesy moments here right Love now. Love it, yeah. It's like 29 reasons you should date an architect and we shall look at these ones and see if they've romanticised us very much. Mm-hmm. This will also be in the notes as well. So the attention to detail means date night will be perfectly planned. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I think that, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I it definitely know. would be scheduled in. Um, scheduled in for sure because we are very yeah. busy people, but I don't know. But maybe that's where you let loose, like, you know. Yeah, being spontaneous, right? Yeah. My mom complains about how I talk about that. I take pride in being very careful at work, but when I get home, it's just all let loose, which yeah. I can understand her frustrations, but at the same time, I'm like, but, but I, I really just want to not be bound to the home, although it is her house, so I should abide by her mm-hmm. rules, but still. And then, yeah, I'm, I don't know how I feel about the second first one. Okay, the second one is they have the patience of a saint, except when plotters break down. Do we have patience? No, I've got no next no patience. (laughs) I don't. And it really, yeah, tests me. I think so. I don't know about that one. Yeah, that one's a little bit hard. I, I even like plotters breakdown. I don't think that's the right one. It's when printing queue gets really long. Yeah, even surviving uni, everyone has, you know, like the printing work. Yeah, like everyone has huge stories about like last minute deadlines, how they got something badly printed or, you know, like the printer broke down halfway through the sets or I don't know. It's just like printers seem to be the bane of everyone's existence. I think so. And what annoys me is print the day before. Like you have to save at least one or two Mm. days for printing and I'm thinking... But not everybody works doesn't, on that. Yeah, it doesn't fit into my last minute schedule. No, nope, nope. in the world of design, everything is in the last minute. Yeah. Okay, next one is they will make you the best gifts ever using laser cutter and 3D printer in the office. I would agree with this. I think I'm mad for a laser cutting type of anything to do with like creativity and laser cutting. And I, I think I'm working on my office to get one. At oh, the really? Moment. That would be so one good. One out of two's on board, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes when it comes down to last minute decisions, when I can't think of what's the best way, I think handmade gifts. Not saying that handmade gifts are mm. always my last resort, but sometimes it's just that how do you make something more meaningful and more special? Mm. I'm not going to disagree with them on that. It's a good way to get a quick gift out, though, and it looks very professional. Like, I spent a lot of time handcrafting this for you, but really, the laser cutter did it I know. I feel so guilty. But I think the only thing I would disagree is with the 3D printer. I'm still yet to learn Mm. how to reconcile with the machine, which isn't always the easiest. Mm. Okay, and then the next one. Okay, I kind of want to skip that one. This this doesn't feel, feel okay. A bit R-rated. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Let like, number four. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah, just going to skip that one. Okay, they love to travel and they'll show you the world. I Yeah, I think this is fair. I'm like, that's like my passion to travel. So. Really? Yeah, I really love it. I really tried hard to sort of work a job during uni that would um, allow me to travel during the holidays and oh, see a bit of the true. world. And I think it really did help 
with my studies too because that sort of exposed me to other ideas and different um you know it's very different seeing something in person than yeah on a quick insta snap so that's yeah. true and I think like even through our studies because we get worldly precedents that it looks so beautiful on absolutely it. and then the past like the feelings you get for mm-hmm. it intensifies I still haven't caught the travel bug yet except for perhaps solo traveling mm. And you can say I'm still very careful because I still pick countries that I can speak the language with before I travel to. Very impressive. So we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Hopefully I'll get that one day. And then next one. They have great commitment and they go through, they got through architecture school after all. (laughs) That one, great commitment. There you go. Wow. Okay. I don't know. Well, you do have to be quite committed to do architecture school, but I don't know if that would translate to every aspect no, of your life. I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm. I'm not very committed to a few things. Yeah. Like, try staying committed to a book that I don't find interesting. That's okay. one way of saying it. I think, though, with reading, you, like, get so far into the novel and you're like, well, I've wasted all this time now. I don't well hope it gets somewhere in the end. I know. I've had had novels where I read. I'm like, excuse me, I was hoping for these two leads to be together. I'm not getting anything at all. It's so bad. And, like, even, like, Great Commitment. Okay, TV shows, once in a while, I can commit to them. But then I can only go through so much with them. And I think instead of commitment, it's more like we have a drive to go through architecture school. We have to be very determined in order to Yeah, I don't know if they're, like... I think architecture school breeds a sense of determination in everyone and Mm. I think that commitment is maybe a side factor of determination if you're determined to get through it. I know. And you're committed to it, aren't you? Yeah. I'd like to think, like, you know the architects that gets portrayed in movies and film? Mm. I I think, do you know I was actually talking about this at work the other day? Yeah. And it must be like a go-to career for a rom-com or something like that, an architect, oh, because it's so quite a visual a visual role that they can mm. put into the movie where they can see plans and everyone's like, oh, great, architect, I get it. I know, It's not right? like, you know, they're not like, oh, I'm a financial analyst where you see nothing. Like, it's, you know, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's quite a visual thing. So, like, you think about there's so many movies where – the mum's an architect, the dad's an architect, or, you know, the partner's an architect. That is or, true. And I, they don't talk any more about it than just... Oh. Showing drawings. Yeah. And they think, like, blueprints and then that slanted table is mm-hmm. everything. We don't get that, people. We Absolutely. don't have that many hand drawings anymore. Yeah. Do you have a movie that you really liked in terms of the portrayal of the architect, or have you watched some that makes you laugh at them thinking this is ridiculous? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, rom-coms and just, like, an easy watching mm-hmm. sort of film or something like that. But I think every everyone that is an architect in that, it's just, like, it's not no deeper than the mention or, like, oh, I don't know. You don't see. Maybe, like, The Lake House. Have you seen that one? I love that Maybe that's that the movie. one where it's the closest to portraying an architect, where it's, like, the house on the lake is, mm. you know. Was it Keanu Reeves who was the architect? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, there wasn't much about his profession. They just say he was an architect and then his yeah. dad and his was building. Yeah, to build the house. Yeah, I think maybe that's the only one that comes to mind that's uh, maybe more deeper and less, like... That's good one. More generalised for everyone sort of thing. Yeah. One of the ones that you? I yeah. find funny was my friend, our friend Jason, he introduced... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what was it again? Oh, I've forgotten. It was with Lucy Liu and it married me. I think that was the movie. Oh. And uh, basically the guy, he, how he used his architecture, well, he's more an interior designer, but mm-hmm. he's 
quirks was that he invited to all these date places that he designed. Oh, um, wow. But, he, but you needed a whole team to design it. You can't yeah, just it wasn't just the one person. So I thought that was pretty funny. And then when they showed his house, it was all immaculate, you mm. know, really rich, expensive. And you're thinking where do you get all this money? Yeah. Our profession does not accommodate that. So do you think it's like misrepresenting Quite a little a bit? Because yeah, if they're saying it's just his design, that's not true. It takes an army of people to get it together and it's for a client, so it's around his the client's brief. And... Yeah. But still, yeah. it's a very good way of wow, just yeah. impressing somebody. Yeah, maybe if you took them there in every place they were complimenting it, you'd be yeah. like gonna go well but don't boost your ego so much it's yeah. not so good i think um the other one that i really liked was uh rebel wilson's isn't it romantic because she have you seen that one <gasps> yeah because she was the architect mm-hmm. right and i think she somewhat they kind of presented the role her role relatively well in mm-hmm. that cramped office but that office felt more like i don't know that stereotypical journalist or the banker's office that yeah I think it could be like a law office it could be it's just trying to represent like yeah and a, a role in the film maybe mm, mm. that is true so I don't know if that visual appeal got okay and then when they were she was talking about car parks were really mm. interesting I'm thinking car parks are interesting but not the yeah I don't think that was the main point you should sell in the building but oh I don't know there are a lot of portrayals I'd like to see like I've heard about parks and recreation because my friend does landscape architecture so I'd like to see yeah so interesting her thoughts about it Mm -hmm. and then the other one is the very unforgettable fountainhead we were introduced to the fountainhead when we were studying theory in first year of architecture Mm. and I remember they were showing the scene of this guy like the architect you know his new uh curtain wall building and then the bankers were like yeah yeah but you need to put back like your classic elements to it and he says I'm not going to design something like this <laughs> that was one scene that I really liked mm. about it so I don't know how would you like architects to be portrayed in movies or romantic comedies do you think but then for every profession in general how realistic should we portray it well, I think um, it does skip over the realistic hours that are involved. <laughs> There's no one working late. They all seem to, you know, be able to snap their fingers and go off the rest of their lives. That would is, be so nice. I know. But, yeah, very interesting. I want to – can you think of any other? Um, I mean, like, I wouldn't mind sometimes putting a little bit more realistic elements to it, like talking about AutoCAD and such. Yeah. Actually – uh, there was this movie, this Japanese anime called Mire, or Future, mm-hmm. direct translation. And this kid's father, so the protagonist's father himself is an architect. And at least they were close enough to portray him where he's on his desk, hunched over with his laptop. And it was AutoCAD. He was <gasps> drawing things on AutoCAD, which I think was pretty cool to see it animated. Oh, that's good. It is nice. And then seeing his shelf which was filled with all the architecture drawings and architecture books and I think yeah like this is the closest I've seen yeah that's nice realistic representation of it it is good Mm. so I think that would be one of my favorites to see that portrayed like at least not be afraid to show that these programs take time Mm. instead so I guess it is nice to romanticize the architect if not the design roles Mm. in all the films uh and I'm thinking I think I read somewhere it can be it can get political, though, mm. if we try to romanticise it too much or not romanticise it. I mean, for instance, we're going a bit off track, yeah. but when the Barbie architect came out, 
I was doing the research on mm-hmm. this. I was telling you about it. But I find it hilarious how everybody was like, she's not wearing work boots. She's mm. not wearing black. And I'm thinking, but it's a child's toy. Yeah. They're not going to gravitate towards black mm-hmm. clothes, at least. So it's a little bit hard. Yeah, that's true. So what is so stereotyping the architect beyond just like... The appearance mm. and then what they do. And I just find it hilarious how blueprints will never leave us in mm. that terms of like... Nobody asks us this. So they're still portraying the architect that is stuck in the 1990s, you'd say, or even earlier on. Mm. So it's more about, is it because that is the only way that we can associate associate architects with? So is so thinking of maybe like other contemporary, maybe even TV shows that show professional life mm. in a different way, like Suits comes to mind, which is a good one to binge. Mm. Um, but that shows maybe a, quite a good, in terms of realistic portrayal of the, well, not that I'm a lawyer, so I don't know yeah, for sure, okay. but it does sort of represent their career as a bit of a grind. And I think that that's maybe something missing in that architecture representation. But when um, you think about like, even like shows from, when we were young from America, like Full House, I think the dad was an architect. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, a lot of 80s, 90s movies and stuff like that, they use that as a, yeah, I don't know. It's a glamorous role. It yeah. seems like, I think... Shows a glamorous external and miss past the hard work in between. Yeah, it does. Because I think, like, now that we're going back to the glamorous roles of it, like they said, I think this one is on another website where I found why not to date an architect. Mm. We're not terrible people, by the way. We're okay. <laughs> so from arc2zero.com. So they said, the first one, they said, architects make a lot of money. And the response is, this is not true, but people assume it is. Yeah, I think you're right. So even it, my family, they were like, oh, great, you graduated now. You'll be on the big dollars. And nah, I'm like, mm, probably nah. not. Yeah. No, we have to live a very humble lifestyle yeah. to it. It's funny because the way we present ourselves we do present ourselves Mm. very classy but who wouldn't like if we're proud of what we're doing then obviously we'd put a little bit more effort into our life you've like really committed and dedicated five years of your life to try and graduate out of it to even start working full-time yeah so sometimes it I think like recently I start watching architecture digest how they went into celebrities homes and then look through their architecture I'm thinking I think it is because of these people that it gets projected onto us that we do make quite a lot in terms of the product of the home. Mm-hmm. But we have to remind ourselves that ultimately it is the client who is wealthy. Is getting the benefit, them. yeah. Yeah, so it's not like we... I mean, we do get the benefit because we have our name attached yeah, to absolutely. what we've designed, which is nice, but mm-hmm. at the same time... We're not living in that space. Yeah. So it's only for hours temporarily, but mm-hmm. not for the long one, right? So that would be that would be something I'd like to talk about one day. So mm. we'll see. And then I guess it's also I know there's just other things that gets romanticized a lot is how architecture helps build up that romantic crescendo. Mm. So like now, I guess we'll jump into films mm-hmm. and TV shows. So side note, both of us are big, big bachelor binges mm-hmm. or the bachelorette binges. Yeah. And for me, I whenever I watch it, I loudly commentate on the music. The people who mm-hmm. put in the music at the right time is always hilarious. Yeah. So good at dictating who is going to be who. And then it's also their dates as well. Mm. I don't know if certain of the, like some of the dates that they've set the scene is, is romantic enough. 
Well, I, yeah, I wonder. I do like it. I think part of the reason you like it so much is because they frame the whole experience as a game show sort of thing. So oh. it's like it's leading up to a winner. So it's like cutting them each week. And I think it's quite interesting to watch the emotions that come out in that. And I don't know if that's a cruel thing, but... It is. I think it's just the fact that... I think somebody one time pointed out, I saw a comment in Facebook's uh, Facebook comment where they were saying that it is kind of a bit like a Stockholm Syndrome situation. Yeah. So you put women in a All group, in one big house. And then you takes away from the social norm so mm-hmm. like without a phone or like tvs and internet yeah. and such it's really hard for people to i don't know adapt to that situation mm. as well so it's quite interesting but like i don't know if the environment so putting them in a really nice house i guess the luxury mm. of it which seems nice but the realities of it isn't yeah and you're only watching like you know an hour and a half or whatever what was cut down from a week yeah. So you're seeing the heights, highs and lows of the emotions where it's, you know, if they're experiencing it, it's really padded out because it's not like so high drama all the time. That so, is true. Yeah, which I think make, it definitely makes for good watching. That's it is sure. good watching. Mm. And I liked, um, sometimes I do like some of the dates that they go on because mm-hmm. I like the casual ones where they go into the beach and all and just enjoy the romantic natures of things. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I'm looking at, um, I, ne- I didn't watch Sandwood's season, mm-hmm. but I think I remember I saw the ad where they were talking about how they were going to be on top of the Sydney Harbour Bridge mm. and then that whole Guinness World Record for the whole make-out session yeah. type thing. And I'm thinking, yeah, but is it is it romantic in a sense or is it the action at that moment? Because when we're watching it, it seems romantic thanks to all the music that they mm. put in and the cameras and the filters and such and different angles to make it look good. Mm-hmm. But then... For that person to be within that moment in time. Yeah, it's a it's creating like a facade. So it's not like there's no depth to it. I think we all watch it knowing that this is not, you know, there's nothing reality about this reality TV. Know. And you know, when they're filming these romantic scenes, there's maybe another twelve people behind them filming it. So it's not I don't know. I think you just don't think too much about it and it becomes like this like nice, easy watching, get your mind away from the you yeah, know that is things you're worried about and just like tune out for a few hours and watch someone else's experiences I suppose I know. but I often feel really sad for the girls or <laughs> guys that go on really low budget dates so they might go you know someone might go up in a plane or they get to go um you know down on a speedboat to the beach and yeah. then the next girl gets to do like a food tasting or something like yeah at the tasting. house like it's just Ooh. like I feel really sorry for them I'm like I don't think you're going to make it. Like, no. you're going to get cut quite soon. No. It's, like, extravagance and humbleness. Yes. And, it's like, yeah. ah. and then I think, like, the other thing, like, going back to, like, the romantics of things, because, I don't know, I think because I start off with an interest in looking at stage designs mm. and such, I've become very invested, like, in the backgrounds mm-hmm. and the backdrops and even styling of people, like, how they match the scenes when mm-hmm. it goes into the romantics of such. So, uh, I think... If I could think of, like, whether there are shows that I really like. Okay, I'm a huge sucker for Korean dramas, which is so bad. Because mm. they always seem to know when to stage, like, really romantic gestures. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, taking them to see the skylights and the night views and such. And mm-hmm. it's, like, all these building with lights. It's so good. And I'm thinking, it would be nice to be in that moment. But then knowing myself when I've... I've been in a few situations where I went to see skylights and all. But at the same time, I'm thinking, it's... The first time I went was really nice, but then the second time just gradually lose that moment. Mm, but that yeah. moment never dies whenever mm. I watch the TV. Mm-hmm. So 
it's like that romanticism mm. it's fascinating that it's still kept alive through the screens but mm. then for us perhaps it's at one time and then it just gradually fades mm. which is very different so I don't know what is the method of madness I was gonna ask you quite interesting what do you think what culture does romantic soaps or like who does it best do you think because uh, you watch quite a bit so like I do, what I do. would <laughs> what would you say filtering it out um Okay. Who loves it the most, sort of thing? Mm, I think because... Okay, so I reckon with Japanese dramas, mm-hmm. it's a little bit hard for me considering that I tend to watch the really short ones and mm. um, most of the romantic ones I watch end up being too cringe that I just skip to oh, okay. skip all of the parts. So I miss out, I think, because of that cringeworthiness, mm. I tend to skip out a lot on the romantic stuff. Whereas with Chinese dramas, it's the way they present the dialogue that I find it's hilarious. So it's more of the interactions and such. But when it comes to... Oh, I just really like Korean dramas when they stage scenes where it's saying the two love interests that they don't need to communicate with each other, mm-hmm. that they're just there for each other. But then in the backdrop, it's like lights and all. And they, <laughs> they even change the flare, the lens flare to hearts as well. Really? Yeah, they do. They so it do. doesn't mind being overtly cheesy. And no. like, it's really honest about the fact that it's like, it's it knows really it's romantic. Cute. Yeah. But it's not cheesy. Like, you don't cringe from no, it. It's right. just really subtle. I'll show you oh, some okay. scenes later. Yes. And the music. So. One, I'm not. Sh- they don't do it as much with the Japanese dramas, but with Korean dramas, I find that because they always they put a lot of effort into the uh, into their show. So their lyrics are written specifically for the drama, which is really nice because their lyrics actually sometimes are a reflection of certain characters and their storylines. So mm-hmm. you kind of know what's going to happen to them, and so to add the lyrics in. I do have to Google Translate. I don't speak Korean, by yeah. the way. Uh, so, uh, like, they add the lyrics in and then they add the correct cameras, uh, camera filters, because they soften everything. Mm-hmm. On top of that, if it's the right moment, they make the lens flare into hearts. It's just, wow. it's really tranquil. It's mm-hmm. very over the top, but you're so entranced by it. Does it have, like, this cult following behind it in Korea? Like, kind of. There yeah. are a lot of tropes. Because if you if you just go off, like, the K-pop movement and stuff, they're, like, hardcore followers that is of scary. this sort of genre. So I was wondering whether it was, like, translated over to the oh, Korean soaps. It does get made fun of a lot. Oh, okay. So I think the most infamous one, in my books yeah. anyway, is the wrist grab. So instead of grabbing, the gut, like, the partner's hand, right, uh-huh. they grab their wrists all the time uh-huh. and drag them away. They do that in Japanese dramas as well. I'm not sure is it because of the formalisms and the culture mm-hmm. and whatnot. I, I think Chinese dramas and Taiwanese, they recently started to do follow similar suit, but on most occasions they still hold them by the hand, ah. which I think it's a little bit nicer. Just, like, grab the bit wrist. aggressive, isn't it? Yeah, it does feel like that. So that one gets made fun of because people said, some of the comments that you'll see is, uh, when her wrist, he, his wrist or her wrist get dislocated. Mm. And then the other ones that you generally have, oh, my friend and I did this quiz of, like, what type of romantic scene you'll get in real life, like mm-hmm. the Korean scene. So the other ones, it's like the back hug scenes and it gets redone so many times and people can sometimes rank them, which is really funny. Wow. It's another world in itself where we're not that hardcore. It gets, it does, it can get a bit hardcore at times, but I somehow just missed it. So I think one of the most famous ones were 
uh, descendants of the sun. So mm. the two leads, they actually got married in real life and that caused wow. a huge following. Yeah. So everybody liked it that, to a point that Singapore even had a theme park dedicated <gasps> to. Really? Yeah, they did. So was it a real marriage or like a real... They actually got the married. Show? They got divorced, unfortunately. Oh. So I think you can never tell because the media side of Korea, like the... Mm, the artistic media side in Korea is quite aggressive, unfortunately, mm. and um, relationships are always under scrutiny. So I think there can be a lot of substances mm. that add it to it. But having said, it, it is insane. Like, I can go on with a list of cliches that you see in a lot of the dramas, but... Well, go, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. I have never heard of the prescribing one. Really? Or, like, I know some cliches, like Bollywood movies and okay. stuff like that, they never kiss and, like... <gasps> You know, I know those types, but yeah, I haven't got so into the niche. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't go, seen the Bollywood ones, so you'll have to tell me about mm. those if, uh, shortly. So one of my favorite ones, uh, it happens in a lot of Japanese dramas and in the mangas that I read as well. So it's called The Indirect Kiss. Mm. So I used to joke about it with some of my guy friends. So it's basically if you drink... The fastest way to say is if you drink the same drink bottle as the other person, mm-hmm. then you've indirectly kissed them. Oh. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of funny just to sometimes if it's in the right moment and if you can tease them because you kind of know your friends like each other, then yeah, you can say, oh yeah, you've indirectly kissed them and such. Wow, never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It's really funny. Not many people know about mm. it. Uh, you just have to watch a few films and then you mm-hmm. see it. it's not a very common trope as it used to be. And then what else is there? I don't know. It's oh then the one that always frustrates me is oh I find it's overly used is that they've been childhood friends separated and then realize that like they've forgotten about each other and then reunited mm. as well like knowing each other in childhood I'm thinking can it not always be like this please mm. it would be nice if it was just that two people who just somehow in life just got brought together mm. so it's it's a very long I don't know I think I need to rewatch them all because sometimes they're there and then mm-hmm. they just pass through me or recently I've been watching some that don't do the cliches so instead of the man being the one who pursuing it's like the other way around where it's the girl mm. taking charge and I really appreciate that yeah so 2020 yeah mm-hmm. why not so it's kind of nice okay we were talking about the differences between each of them. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know too many, but I just yeah, it's quite interesting to hear, like the nicheness of it. I think is quite interesting, and how it's portrayed in different parts of the world is really different. So mm. yeah, I think for me the language barrier often stops me from watching uh, the show. Okay. But when it's dubbed, it's not too bad. Like all okay. the subtitles, but um, yeah, interesting. I'll definitely take your recommendations on which ones I should maybe get into. So. Yeah, I'm happy. What, what, what do you feel like is yeah, like a good one to get into if you're just starting to watch it. Korean yeah, drama. Yeah. Uh, it depends what genres you like. So I personally like dramas with romantics in it, mm. or but there's a little bit of mystery. If not, mm-hmm. it's a good story where it's just got a lot of substance to it and yeah. then romance is sprinkled. I think where the storyline's quite developed is good because it, it can feel a little bit too washed over otherwise. I know. It's mm. really... If not, it'd be just 16 episodes. So the good thing about Korean shows is that they're 16 episodes. Japanese, in my opinion, is a little bit better because they're just 8 episodes. Mm-hmm. So good. I can't can't commit to long dramas. So uh, I think of all the ones I can think of on top of my head is The Beauty Inside that was released in 2018. Mm-hmm. It's got a good balance of 
comedy and a bit of drama and the romance is funny so it's cheesy in one or two episodes and then it's okay and then gets cheesy and then it's okay uh, so it's about this woman it's a remake of a movie where this lady every month for some reason she changes into a person so she can be a kid for oh. one month if not she becomes an old man in the mm-hmm. other one and somehow she meets this guy who has prognosia, so he can't recognize faces. Wow. And that one was pretty fun to watch. I feel like I would never do that in Western rom-coms or, you know, the soaps and stuff. They don't go that crazy. So it's really interesting to They put the mystical it. element to it, yeah. which is really nice. And then there was one that I almost stopped watching, but I'm glad it continued, was Where the Stars Land. So mm. initially I didn't like it because the female lead, I think, a part of me saw a bit of my old self in it mm. and I just couldn't stand that part of it mm. and so I nearly got put off but then afterwards gradually I realized there were nice interesting lessons that was underlaid through it mm-hmm. so I thought okay then that is worth watching mm. I'll give you a more comprehensive yeah, yeah. list good. and a comprehensive what about like moving on to that what about like books have you read any good book series that you just thought like oh so heartwarming oh okay my high school friends would know this but I used to love Juliet Marler's Wildwood Dancing Ah. so it's not a very popular book among young adult series but it was good that I really I don't know why you know how they say never judge a book by its Mm -hmm. cover I do the complete opposite Oh, right. So she... Well, we're visual people. Like, I feel like that's okay. It was nice. So I didn't realise this. So uh, it was about the sisters. So seven sisters, I believe, or was it five? It Mm. was very similar to the 12 Dancing Princesses. Mm -hmm. And they they have this little portal into this world, this mythical world, where they can go dancing every month and such. Mm. And it was really cute. And I think what I loved was how she ended up reuniting with somebody she was meant to be the whole time. Mm -hmm. And it was a very nice gradual thing. So it did it. It was. It came out as a surprise, but you're like, oh, that is really good. Like, oh, it was meant to be. Yeah, Yeah, it was meant to be. How many books were in the series? There's only two. So I didn't realize that the other one was just a companion novel. And so, so I all like wrapped up in the one book sort of thing. That's really nice. I know. I yeah. like books like that. I do not like series. Yeah. Because uh, I think you're like so, like you get to the end of it and they always have a good, really good cliffhanger. And reading a book compared to like watching a series or a movie is such more like maybe like intimate experience because it's just you reading the book. So you do it at your own pace and you do it when you're yeah. ready to watch it. Whereas like, I don't know if I'm watching like some more The Batch yeah. I'm like doing 12 other things at the same time and I've just got it on in the background. Because yeah, I feel like you don't need to. It. Well, I don't think you need to either because mm. you can catch up what's going on. That's They'll true. recap it in 10 minutes at the start of the next episode if you really <laughs> missed it. So yeah. it's not so bad. But I think when you're reading a book, you're like, you can't do two things at once while you're doing that. No, so yeah, it's quite a good way to. You lose concentration as definitely, well. Definitely, yeah. So. What yeah, about you? Good. Do you have Well, like I like? the one I really loved growing up and it's a bit tragic, but like The Fault in Our Stars. Like <gasps> oh, that was the yes. first book I read that I just really like sobbed. Like it really? was just a real crying. Like I was like, oh, I was like heartbroken. Mm. Yeah. And like it was like very heartwarming as well. It was. That was a good one to read as a young adult cuz I think it's, you know, like the protagonists and stuff are young adults, so that's nice. good. Yeah. That was a real one that like has always stood out to me okay i only read the fault in our stars relatively late so after the movie yeah. came out uh, i think i found it and after the guy who played augustus waters mm. so i found him because he played carrie like the uh, another version of mm. carrie <clears throat> that's how i came across it 
I find it hilarious because back then in the first two years of uni, I don't know why, there's something about the story that was just so calming to watch. Mm. So I always played it in the background whenever I was making models. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Calming, you found it. I don't, it, it is a sad movie, but mm. there was just something about The Fault in Our Stars where I think it was the messages portrayed yeah. by Hazel and such and how she just persevered through it. And it was just nice seeing how she just continued what she was doing. Mm. And I was just, and I think I've watched it so many times that it just became like music to me. Yeah, so it wasn't like, models yeah. As I go. Mm. So, yeah, I think another book that is really nice by John Green is Paper Towns, where yes, I've that read, one yeah, is that was funny. really good too. Mm. That one was helpful when I read it when I was studying architecture because then I could start picturing the things that. Uh, mm. she was saying as well mm-hmm. when she ran away so I really like that one yeah that actually is very good yeah and I think the read of it was like I read it after Fault in Our Stars and it's definitely a different like tempo sort of book but mm. yeah it was really good yeah it's so nice to have mm. these types of romantic sides to things but anyways <sighs> there is a lot of romance in the situation so we'll leave today's special as it is for now Anyhow, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. And thanks for joining me. Of course, anytime. So we'll come back soon because we do have another type of segment we would love to talk about in another episode. But for now, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.